Hello, and welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I am your host, Christine Daynard, and the goal of this podcast is to encourage you to live your best and most authentic life by digging deeper and finding connection through vulnerability. I believe we have been taught that vulnerability is a weakness, when in fact, it is our superpower. In this space, I will share personal stories and conversations with others so you can be empowered by their strength and inspired to take action in your own life. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get started. I'm here because of who I am, actually not because of what I do. Yeah, well, I love that. You have a beautiful that. smile, so. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So do you. Thanks. Uh, this is wonderful. Well, um, and if you haven't guessed it yet, we're already chatting. We've actually <laughs> been chatting for a while, but you are back at the podcast of uh, the Say It Out Loud podcast, and I'm here with this most lovely guest. And you know what I think is the coolest thing about doing this work and doing this, having hosting this podcast is that I kind of put a call out into the world and I, I let it be. I let people apply to come and just come and chat with me. And I trust that those that are coming to me are here with good intentions. And then I meet these most magical people who walk in my front door Aww. and people say to me all the time, they're like, oh my God, you let people in your house? Like that's like a safe, sacred space. And I'm like, actually, it's just a space of love. It's a space to welcome people. And if I attracted some crazy weirdo, well then... <laughs> Yeah. I think my instincts and my <laughs> intuition is going to let me know about that. So far, that hasn't happened. Knock on wood. Um, but I really just believe that when we put what's what we want out there and we put our energy out there, we attract like energy. And I could already feel that from the moment you walked in the door, Sonia. Um, this lady is so fabulous and authentic and so herself. And she's doing some really beautiful work in the world. And I'm so excited to chat with her and have this conversation with you. So Sonia, Sonia Pellick, I'm going to just say your name. Yes. Um, Sonia is here, I think, from London. Is that right? Yes, you come yes. from all the way. She came all the way from London to sit at Sunshine Island to have this conversation. Um, Sonia, would you do our guests a favor and just tell them a little bit about you and what drew you to come and have this conversation? I absolutely will. First Yay. of all, let me thank you, Christine, for opening your front door for me, for welcoming me into this beautiful little kitchen studio. It is a place of love. It is a sacred space. And the Sunshine Island is feeling very welcoming. <laughs> so I'm super happy to be here. I am a mom, an orthodontist, an author. And what I would say most importantly in my life and what's going on is love advocate. Mm. I advocate for love in every area of my life. And I feel like that's what I am becoming more and more every day. I sort of will always be, you know, with the focus of my energy there, like to be love, because that's what we are. And mm. I think that uh, there's a lot of ways to bring that message to the world and just being, uh, being our true selves. So you're you know, I, I'm like you, whatever lands sort of on my feed, on my page, it's, it's sort of, it shows up because one, they're probably spying on us and that's what, you know, I'm speaking <laughs> totally. to love. And so something about authentic love, it's popping up, you know, and that's what I welcome. So for sure, send me all this stuff. Um, but when I saw your, uh, podcast with Kim Bassler mm. and, uh, Bloom, your beautiful, um, you know, event that you guys are organizing, I looked into that and then I listened to the podcast um, that you two had and it just, it was, it felt so real to me. Um, just that emotion, the unfettered, you know, talk. I love that. Mm. I'm very drawn to that. And I just, you know, click, I saw apply here I, for sure. That's <laughs> me. I, let's go. I want to chat to someone that wants to talk about love, about authenticity, about the world, about humans, because I find that we are 
definitely the most interesting thing to me right now. Mm, I love that. It's so funny because I often say, you know, the least interesting thing about us is what we do for a living. You know, it's like (laughs) it might be how we make money in the world, but it isn't who we are. You know, often it's not who we are. And um, I just love that, you know, we're so many things. And, you know, I I only know bits and pieces of your story because we don't know each other very well. Basically, you're you're by the definition a stranger to me, but I don't feel like you're a stranger at all. I felt like, like I said, as soon as you walked in this space, you came in here, I felt like I've met like a soul sister. Like I, yes. I feel like I've, I've known you in, I don't know if it's a past life or, <laughs> or in some other version of our, of our lives I've known. And there's, there's this connection between us. So, um, I just, I, I'm so grateful that you're here to talk about whatever we're going to talk about and just have yeah. this conversation. And, um, you know, I, I feel like it's so important that, uh, we talk in the world about the things that are hard. We talk about the things that are real because for so long we have been suppressed out of talking about what's honest and real. You know, we have shame around oh, yeah. what has happened to us or we have guilt around what's happened to us or what's, yep. you know, what's gone on. And um, I think it's really important to just share a more good, right? I was yes. talking about looking for the good, but having these conversations because most people don't have conversations like this. And I'd love to be a part of what is pivotal in that shift, right? And I believe that you're one of these people as well. And, uh, you know, I would say it got started with this book, but I feel like it got started a whole lot earlier than that. So, so I would love to know from you, like, uh, you, you know, you've been rolling around in life for a while, just like me, right? We've had, we've tried different things. We've done yes. different things. And at the very beginning, you kind of listed off a few things about you, that you're a mom, that you're an orthodontist and that you're an author and that you're a love advocate. So I would be curious to know what in you shifted to have you write this book? Like, I know that's a big question and maybe we should first. No, it was, it was sort of legitimately like, and so easy to tell that shift. It wasn't like I had ever planned that shift. That shift happened March 1st, 2020. Oh, I was lying in bed. It was around 4am. I usually get up at five to get ready for work. I had thought about my life and, um, and all of the healing that I had gone through. I had um, basically just, it was like Dante's Inferno. I mean, my entire life burned to the ground and I had lost everything I owned. I went through a painful divorce. My daughter at the time wasn't speaking to me. Um, She wouldn't live with me. And my parents had passed. My grandmother died. Like everybody and everything just seemed to vanish. And my life didn't resemble anything. It was just like I was just floating completely alone and I was trying to make sense of it and I had gone through every type of healing journey I could get my hands on anything and I was meditating a lot and um, I went through some big epiphanies you know during that time that just led me to to see what I was I mean it's sort of like you have to sit still in your thoughts and and be with your feelings and where I am a Scorpio and true to my nature (laughs) is I was drawn to the dark side you know, the terror and the fear that would grip me at night, it was like at some point I just became defiant to it. And I was like, bring it on. Hmm. I'm going to get to the bottom of you. I'm going to go right into it. Almost like the buffalo that don't like the rain. And, you know, they go at the storm. When the storm is coming, they go at it because the quickest way is through. Hmm. And I thought, no, I'm getting through this. I'm not staying here. I'm going to get through it. And, uh, and I did. And when I did, I saw that I was love. And then I could see you. And then I could see everybody in a way that I had never seen another human being. Hmm. I was incapable of seeing others because I never saw myself. I never looked inside at the truth of what I was. I just measured and judged and was there to earn and prove love 
which really is not the way love is expressed or the meaning of the word. Mm. But that's how I was raised. And I had asked God, like spirit, whatever you want to call it, just in my mind, I wish I could show people what I know. Because it took me a long time to get there. And I never knew. It's almost like it was right. I was sitting on a mountain of love and joy. And I was looking for it my whole life. And I never knew it. It, it was what I was. And uh, how to turn that and how to understand that and find it in yourself and free yourself from, you know, the, all that overwhelming fear and anxiety. Mm. And on March 1st, 2020, a man's voice outside of my consciousness said into my right ear, it's time to write. And I jumped out of bed. I thought there was a man in my house. And I looked around. I, I was like, hello, hello. I looked in the <laughs> closet in the bathroom, like really freaked out. I, te I texted my therapist, I think I have schizophrenia. Like that's what that means. When you hear a voice outside of yourself, that was not in my head. That was not my inner voice. And then there was no answer. And, and I thought, well, it's time to write. I, I guess I'm going to go get a journal. And I just sat down, I crossed myself, I said a prayer, and I held the pen there. And I wrote March 1st, 2020, Leave the Little Light On by Sonia Palik. And I thought, oh, interesting. Yeah, so what? <laughs> I didn't have a thought. I didn't think, oh, I'm going to write a book or a book series or this is going to help people. And the mm -hmm. words just came out of me quite fluidly. Athena took the great painted steps one at a time. And I thought, oh, Athena. Like I was having conscious thoughts. I could, and I just wrote and wrote and I got sucked into this scene of this little girl going down these steps to get her dad across the street. And she was three hmm. and he backs into her. When she's trying to get its attention, he backs into her with his cigarette and inadvertently, you know, butts it out on her wrist and burns her. And when she cries out, the answer isn't, you know, are you okay? It's, it's what are you doing there? Like, you're okay. Stop crying. I mean, in that one moment, and when I, when I finished writing that chapter, I just closed it. It was time to go to work. And I didn't actually know what had happened. I just thought, wow, that was intense. Mm. But I also, I thought about that scene. I knew that was me. I knew halfway down the page, oh, this is me. I can see my house when I'm little. I can see this trauma. And this is like a synopsis of Gen X trauma. Mm you know, negate your feelings, tell mm -hmm. you you didn't actually feel that way, tell you to stop crying, and then actually go further and blame you. Mm. You were somehow responsible for this trauma. You were in the wrong place at the wrong time. If you'd have known better, you wouldn't have gotten hurt. And I realized that this was some powerful message. Now, I didn't have any idea that that would go on. The next day, I, my eyes just flew open at 4 a.m. I thought, oh my gosh, it's 4 in the morning. Like, and I had the thought this time in my head, it's time to write. And I, I was really confused. I thought, oh, I don't even remember what I wrote yesterday. I'd, I'd gone to work and seen 100 people, you know, and just come home, did the groceries, like all the rest of it. I, I wasn't like plotting mm. how am I going to write a book or four books. But I just sat down and the pen just seemed to, it just picked up where it left off. It was like magic. And this continued every day for 15 months. Wow. And I wrote by hand, so I didn't actually know that at the end of that 15 months, I'd written over 600,000 words. <laughs> That's incredible. Like, just trusting the process yep. of that in itself is incredible. Mm -hmm. And it's just to show people. It, I realized kind of, you know, midway through the books, 
I understood a lot about what these messages were going to do, you know, to the world. Like why it was necessary that I get up every day, that I commit to doing this writing, that I allow this message to come through me, this story, because it is a story, and that's how humans learn. We mm. learn best by stories. Mm. It's it's fine to go to a course and do a ten step program and do all these things, but if you could connect to someone's story, you actually will glean so much more because there's also the human connection. And empathy is the way in. Mm. When we can place ourselves in another's shoes, we have felt like them. You instinctively know you're connected. You know we're one. It's somewhere deep inside of us, we know that. And when we plug into another human being and their experience, we amplify the feeling. And that's why you and I connect. You know, when someone walks in your house, mm -hmm we're energy mm -hmm. and our heart magnitude is 10 times what our thought you know our brain is giving off and when our hearts connect that energy amplifies and you can feel it mm -hmm. why it becomes safe why you feel well and you feel better even with in the presence of this person than you did just a minute ago mm -hmm. you know that you found someone who sees you mm -hmm. who feels you that's why it's a vibe mm, it is a vibe mm -hmm. and I just want to like draw attention to the fact that you know maybe you did and you just haven't mentioned it but that you just picked up that pen and started writing you didn't let the the thought process in your head go what are you doing like this is crazy like why are you doing this and maybe you had those thoughts I imagine they came up but that you moved forward anyway and you let those voices become more silent clearly so you could write and hear this message that you were writing down on this you know in this journal um because this is what we do right as humans is we have all these thoughts and beliefs in our head Gosh, and yeah. like we talk ourselves out of things faster than we can talk ourselves right like we just keep talking ourselves out of things we get this like you know I call them like whispers or like little nudges like we get these like whoo I should do that thing and then we're like oh my gosh what am I crazy like no one's gonna do that no one's gonna read that no one's gonna believe in me no or I can't do that or what who yeah. do I think I am like what all these voices come in oh yeah and I had those so how maybe even it would be helpful for our listeners to like hear from you now after having written four novels because the fourth one's coming out yep just about yep yeah just got published at the printers so how how you dealt with that what did what did you oh. do for yourself in that <laughs> it was just the, the struggle is real I mean I made that sound like oh I just sat down and wrote because I'm just Martha Stewart of writing you know what I mean <laughs> it's all set up no no I was going through it and um I when I recognized it was me I had a lot of trauma mm. the first book you know is is a the trauma story. I mean, it's, it's what frames that Gen X person in their lifetime. You know, our experiences become our beliefs as children, and then our beliefs as adults dictate our experiences. And so we need to follow that thread. What were my experiences that led to the beliefs, and what are the beliefs to question that are giving me my experiences today? Mm -hmm. And when I would struggle, it was with the fact that this was based on my life, this story. It was a story and it was reading like fiction, but I could recognize everything and everyone in it. And there was a lot of pain and there was a lot of trauma. And I thought, oh, I can't, I cannot let the world see this. I'm not going to let anybody read this. And I, what, what did two weeks of resistance look like? I stopped because COVID came and my office shut down for four months and you'd think, oh, I'd just be able to write all day long. <laughs> carte blanche like go to town you know now you can write these books why did it take you 15 months no the writing would only come from 4 a.m till 5 a.m huh. and when I didn't do the writing 
So for two weeks straight in the month of May, I stopped. I was refusing. I sort of got in an argument. And if you could picture me in the kitchen, I'm in my robe, not never getting dressed, like, you know, carrying a half empty wine bottle around, yelling, like with a fist closed up at the ceiling, you know, at God, like, I'm not doing this. You can't make me because the words would just jumble up and pile up in my head and it would be like this noise of like a monstrous noise where I couldn't hold a thought and then I my face broke out in eczema and my eyes swelled shut Hmm. at the end of two weeks it came around my face like a mask it started on my neck and it crept around my face up over my ears and right across my eyes in a stripe and they swelled shut and I said it's like I can't see and I was like just in turmoil over it because I I just thought I cannot let anyone read these things about me Mm. because of the shame of it. And I was reliving it as I was writing it. Mm, It was was awfully painful. Mm. And then I saw a vision of the cover. I saw this cover and I opened the book and I saw the dedication and it said, for me. And it stopped me, and I thought about it as I laid there, and I thought, it's for me. I thought, it's for you, son. It's just for you to read. It's just for you to write. No one has to read it. No one's going to read it. Just write it. It's just for you to get it out of you, you see? And I said, and I made a deal. That's when I kind of made the deal. I said, okay, I'm going to do it every day. I won't miss a day, I promise, until it's done. Let me, let me see. Like, take this off my face. And literally the next day I woke up and I could open my eyes and the second day it was gone off my face. Wow. And it had reduced down to a single patch right at the base of my neck and I would feel it every day and I knew that it was left there like a reminder to me and I knew that this would not go away until the last book came out. And on my birthday, on my 55th birthday that just passed when I got the email that the public, the fourth book was published, on the 10th, this, this eczema is gone. And it lived there for the last three and a half years, like a reminder. And I knew it would. It was sort of like reminding me that I had been called, that I had this mission, and maybe that's in my head self-imposed, but it's like, I don't believe so. Mm. I believe that there was a guy that just knows I need a little bit of a, a, a nudge that this is real. And what what I believed was real my whole life, this whole you know, tale of like climbing, social status, uh, things, possessions, you know, being seen, showing, proving it, earning it. That's all not real. And what's real is, is love and what we are. And that when I found that, I, I, I knew I just needed, well, they think I needed a little reminder I would just I would itch it every day it was itchy and I kind of thought I got to get these books done just so this thing will leave you know get Mm -hmm. off me and it did and it literally did it was like in one day and I thought oh my gosh this is it and I had trepidation to hit the submit button on the fourth book I mean these books detail detail everything and Athena is not written as a hero she's written as a human being and as human beings, we're, we're everything. I mean, I hate that saying these days, we are enough. I'll never tell, I, I would tell everybody, never tell yourself that. It implies measurement. It implies you could be measured. 
in some way. Mm. And, and there's no way that there's a threshold of, of once you've tip it over the scale, you're enough. Like this is, that's junk thinking because there's no measuring kindness. There's no measuring compassion. How do you measure patience? Imagination. Like th this is uh, creativity. How do you measure these things? Mm. A human being is limitless. Yeah. And you can't measure love. No, but the, all those limitations have been put on us, yes, right? Yes, that we believe these are these are ways we can be measured. And so, I mean, this was this dichotomy of the way that I was living. It's sort of like one foot in both camps. And then I had to take this step to say, not only did I write it, it was very cathartic to mm. put it out on paper, but it took me nine months to type it out. It took another year to get editors and edit it and paint the covers and do all these things to put these books out to the world is that now it became my mission is not only that as I see what held me back that idea of shame that if someone really knew me and really knew what I was and what I had done and choices I had made when I see the progression of the story I'm like that's every human being's struggle mm -hmm. is that we've got to shake this there is no such thing as shame if I don't buy into it if I don't believe it it doesn't exist mm -hmm. And, and this is simply me clinging to the story of fear and separation that puts me in a position of shame because if I'm being measured, if I'm being compared, these actions and these results don't speak to the winner. Mm. They speak to a loser. And it's like, and I suffered that thinking in my whole life. It's, it's a way of being, and, um, but it's not the way we are. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not the reality of what love is. Wow, it's so beautiful. Like... Because I know like just having gone through all the personal development that I've been through and seeing myself for who I am and like turning from all the things that I thought I wanted and thought I was supposed to do and should do and had to do and had to be and like all that stuff. Also while hiding a lot of parts of myself, right? Because it wasn't good enough. It wasn't whatever enough, right? Or uh, just like this whole comparison, right? And we've been, we've grown up in this world that everything is about achievement. Everything is about that notch and then the next notch and we're always going for something yet there are so many of us out in the world that aren't feeling like we're doing anything purposeful that we're not there's no real meaning to our lives that there's no reason that we're really here like why am I even here like I can't even tell you how many times I ask myself that like why am I even here this is silly like I I, I hide from people because I don't want them to fully see me yeah. right like yeah. why am I even here like I, I feel like I can't even fully be myself and what you're talking about is like you came home to you and, you know, started to recognize all these patterns and all these beliefs and these things that had happened in your life. They, they weren't about you. They happened to you. Yes. But they were a product of the people around you's experience. And again, the things that they believed. Yes. And like, this is the cycle that repeats itself and repeats itself and repeats itself. This happened to me. It happened to you. It's happened to like yes. probably just about everybody millions who's listening to this right now. Millions right? Millions and millions of people. Yeah. And so like, but it's like a norm, right? People think that it's, it, this is, this is the norm. Like fulfillment and happiness really can't possibly f actually exist. Right. Well, we were taught that like outwardly, right? Yeah. I mean, as children, Gen X is very much like it was in, hammered into us. Like life is hard. Yeah. Only the strong survive, you know, cry or give us something to cry about. Like it's, <laughs> you can't articulate, don't talk back, you know, or you're getting it. Mm. And I mean it, that was like a threat of physical danger. We'd live in flight or flight. There's no, you know, relief from it. Mm. And I believe now, I mean, that we came for fun. Mm-hmm. I agree with to you. have fun. Yeah. And, and what we've been doing isn't fun. Mm -hmm. And like, 
and I don't say this in a flippant way, but war and all that is boring. Like I'm bored of all of this. Like this has got to end so that we can get down to the business of what we came to do, which is enjoy this sensory experience of being a light being in a physical body. Yeah. Instead of like just, again, this, the only reason war exists is because there's ego involved and comparison involved and someone has to be better than. Well, it's just the mind gone amok. Yeah. We've let the mind get on us. And then realizing when people dictate your experience and then that creates your belief system and your mind, you you become, you know, unsafe. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a real thing. As a child, we come forgetting. That's the game. We forget what we are. We are love. Mm-hmm. And the whole purpose is to remember that here and to rediscover this and like unlock the you know, the, the golden heart. It's sort of like, that's, that's what you are. You're sitting on it. Mm -hmm. That journey inward though is terrifying. Uh, yeah. That's why a lot of people choose not to do it. Terrifying, (laughs) And not just choose not to do it. You're going to run hard in the other direction. You're going to numb with anything you got. And I, I'm a famous number, like, uh, you know, in 18 ways. And this is what I think the books do is they simply let you walk and hold Athena's hand. They're written in the present tense. There's never any foreshadowing or jumping back in the time frame. So it's it's actually teaching you to be in the now. And that's why people get obsessed with the books because they have to know what happens next. Mm. Because we really, like I was saying, we, we champion this little underdog mm. because that's who we relate to. We know what lives in us and we want them to overcome. We want them to succeed, to get to the pinnacle. We're rooting for them, but nobody knows it. They just live deep in us. And we're like, come on, you can do it. Hey, I'm just going to interrupt this episode right here for a second because I want to invite you to join me in the Joy Project community. It's a place where me and a sisterhood of women are building meaningful connections with each other, where we don't feel the need to hold back or put on our best face. We just show up as we are. It's a place to be encouraged to say the things out loud, to build your confidence, to learn about yourself and learn how to lean into your authenticity. It might be time for you to consider joining us. If you're feeling the pull for deeper connections, you want to have more honest conversations and find a place you belong simply by being you. We meet online every week and we host an in-person social once every few months within the Waterloo region. So if you're feeling the pull to be a part of a group of women who are leaning in to focus on the good, to see life with a half cup full perspective and lifting each other up, this just might be what you've been looking for. Learn more and join us by visiting itsmechristined.ca slash community. I really can't wait to see you in there. You know, that's that little voice to keep going, to continue on, to take the next step. And we want that so bad. Like, and that book, that book series is simply to allow you to go on this terrifying journey with a little girl. Hmm. You're going to walk next to her and you're going to feel what she feels. And you're going to reconnect to the idea that your heart is her heart. You felt this. You told yourself a story. Maybe it was similar and maybe it wasn't, but you know, you're, you've told yourself these stories and you'll see how her stories lead to the next step she takes. No human being goes into their endeavors thinking this is going to be an epic fail. This is going <laughs> to, uh, this is going to humiliate me. This is going to lead to just disaster yeah. and consequences. Yeah. No, we sort of go into it with high hopes, like this will be better. And then it's not. 
but what you're basing your next step on is where you came from. Right. And this is why it's really important to know who have you been? Mm. You yourself have to understand your own self from the start of who have I been and what have I learned and what have I accepted and what have I rejected and what stories have been told to me and what stories have I told myself and how is it going to affect the next step that I take? Mm. And if we never self-reflect, if we never self-examine, we simply are going to go with the next message that's given to us. And as a collective, that message is one of fear and separation. Mm. It is one of lack of empathy, of not seeing others because we do not see ourselves in that we don't hold the power to change it. It's sort of this acceptance of like, it's just the way it is. Right. Well, again, then that's like another belief that has been, you know, out there like this poison that has crept into all of our minds that, um, you know, it's, it's the, it's the reason that I was drawn and pulled to do this podcast was, is why it's called say it out loud, because, you know, I think the more that we realize that others have lived our story or a very similar version of our story, maybe like the characters are slightly different, you know, maybe the instances are slightly different, but a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the storyline is the same. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that shame and guilt and the feelings of like not being enough or not, you know, being what we thought we should be or like all these things. It's like yes. the more we can connect with other people's stories, the more we can find that center of their heart, the more we can connect, yes. the more we realize we're not alone, but we're made to feel alone. Yes. Right? Like, look at everything that has happened in the world in the last few years. You're telling me, like, everything has pushed us away from each other. Yes. Shame is shame is a really big component because shame is one that's that comes from childhood. Shame is sort of the original um, house that a child will put themselves into when things are not, when, when literally someone's telling you, like, why were you there? You know, they're, they don't know what to make sense of this because they cannot no longer trust that, you know, their eyes, they saw this cigarette just back into me. They saw, you know, they were, they were just trying to get someone's attention and it hurt, but can they trust that it actually hurt because they're being told that didn't hurt. They want to cry to express their feelings, but they're being told you don't cry or I'll give you something to cry about. You shouldn't have been there. And they get angry with that because their confusion, we don't have, uh, you know, we, we haven't had enough life experience and we're just raw and super vulnerable. And so right at that moment, um, that anger turns inward because it has nowhere to go. And what happens is a child will say like to themselves, you did that. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have been there. Stop crying. And we become believing that we are unworthy of love. The first book I made a bookmark for, and it's, it says, shake what your trauma gave you. (laughs) And it's also because it is a trigger for people. When it triggers shame in you, you have shame. Shame is uh, something that we carry, and it's truly one of the most detrimental to us. It Mm. is a blanket that we put on ourselves that we are unworthy of love. We literally step away from our center. Mm. And the center is where you live in your heart it's that it's that whole energy that just the column of energy that runs through us it's our field it's it's everything it's our life force and when we step out of that golden light because we are ashamed that you didn't love us you didn't accept us we we showed up and we were rejected we were abandoned we were abused and and then you say to yourself it's impossible that they don't love me um it is in i'm not good enough 
you know, and I'll change. I'll be better. I won't do that. I'll make sure I don't make that mistake again. And you're, and you start to be vigilant and punishing and you remove yourself from your center so that you can observe and so that you're never there again, like to, that's the shame of that. that if well, because you were taught really not knew, to trust who you really yes. are. And you were taught anyone, not to trust your intuition. Right. And if anyone saw what you really were, they wouldn't love you. Right. Because the people who were there to love us weren't being loving. Right. But, but also because, and, and as you and I even talked about before, having this conversation in this space is that we, they weren't taught either, right? right? It's like we were taught these lessons and this, you know, Gen X sort of way of doing things has continued to carry on. It's, oh, yeah. There are many people out there still holding this torch of this is the way that it is. This is the way it's just is yes. what it is, right? Yes. And um, I just, it it's, it's so, um, I feel like it's so disheartening that we've been so pulled away from who we are from such a very young age right like led to doubt ourselves led to doubt who we are and what we're here for and what comes naturally right it's like you watch a child like come to life when something as good is happening and then you know seeing or knowing or feeling and having that remembering that experience for yourself being like I was so excited then I was shut down yes but that's part of it yeah okay Christine because I see it like this like I think of the the letter x and I see the, the, the point in the middle of it. And I see the energy coming up and then that pivot. We are the pivot. We are the point where the energy comes to that point and then it opens up into a chalice. We pivoted. We stopped. A lot of us were able to just simply absorb that trauma, pivot, and stop it. Mm. And that says a lot about us. It is not by mistake that our generation is so specifically this that we've had abuse from parents and now we're having abuse from the the younger generations who want to turn back and say, you know, we should be ashamed of ourselves. Actually like shaming us for being the way that we are in ways that we are rather than supportive. It's sort of like we are light beings and we came to do this. And because we went through what we went through, we will create the greatest generation with the capacity to love that the world's ever seen. And, and that is no mistake. That is a celebration that's about to launch. And there's so many of us because as soon as you hear this, you know that you are like being, you are drawn to it. Your energy is drawn to it. It speaks truth. It ignites a fire in your belly. It starts your heart beating fast. You feel the blood rush through you up the back of your neck, straight up to your pineal gland where you're like just opening up at the top to the connection to source because you're saying yes Mm. your soul is screaming yes it's my time Mm -hmm. this is the time for this generation to simply embody their love that their being and to do this work and if there is a generation that can go on a terrifying journey inward it's ours. <laughs> there is nothing that we cannot do. There is nothing that we have not shouldered. We have walked alone in loneliness, in despair, contemplating suicide, wanting to know what am I here for? What is life all about? We are deep, soulful beings as a generation. Mm-hmm. We are a source of light for the world. And it takes that depth of darkness to know the height of bliss, Mm. to bring the light of love out. And that's what we're here to do. Mm. And I call on all of us to say, you know, 
in the end, you're going to see the reasoning behind all of it. It stretched us to our limits to prepare us for this walk inward. Now, hmm. this is the point when people hit their life crisis and all that business. <laughs> no, ours is one of self-discovery. Ours is one of inward because we never went outward. We understand others. We have tight, tight pulled in boundaries inward. And we've avoided that journey, but now it's about to Mm. now it's on I mean now it's about to go down mm. and I'm excited mm. I'm on this side sort of saying come on over yeah. it is a beautiful dance 80s dance party over here you need to come into your light you need to get with the dance and the song program and you need to celebrate you for the end of your days and really show the world ah what we came for was fun mm -hmm. and you and we're all about it mm -hmm. I mean I I haven't hardly met anybody that isn't just this beautiful soul just but you know looking for the for that first step up mm. it's like take that journey mm. you know go inside you can do it well and it's like you know we're we're called to do this work right and I'll, oftentimes you know um i know for me it was like often it was like oh no, 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 no like that's just too hard i'm not gonna i don't want to go there right like or oh no, no if i if i even think about that thing i'm gonna cry and i don't want to cry or if i you know talk that thing out loud then it's going to spur all this stuff and i don't i'm not really ready to deal with all that stuff and the truth is that it is it is like almost like a never ending work, right? It is never ending to do this like personal work and start pulling on that string and like start looking a little bit deeper. But the beautiful thing is that once you look at it, once you release it, yep. it's, it no longer owns you. It doesn't have the no. power over you. Right. No. And it's like, you can start to just live and be yes. with more of who you are than trying to keep up with all this stuff. Yeah. Like most people are walking around with so much weight on their shoulders. Oh. I mean, you can feel it. I actually talked about this in my more recent podcast episode is like, you can feel people's trauma oh, yeah. on the road. You're driving. You can watch it happening, yes, <laughs> right? Yes. Like the aggression that people yes. have, the like with the anger. But they're suffering. This is what so so many people are suffering. You have to feel it to heal it. That's right. And that's seriously like the book's great, radical empathy, so that you can feel it with this girl as she's feeling it. Yeah. And you're healing it as as you're going along, because you recognize like you can have this ugly cry while you're reading this book, but it's actually about something that happened to you. Mm. And go for it mm. because that you're going to help release that as soon as you, it's like going through it. As soon as you feel it, you heal it and mm -hmm. you can release it. And then there's another one and another one and another one. And you think, oh my God, this is a bottomless pit. I'm never getting out of well, this. Well, it does sometimes feel like that. But the thing, but the there thing is, is a bottom. there is like, I, and I think the thing is too, that, um, you know, I talk about this all the time. It's like, you know, I used to feel shame going to a movie theater and watching a movie and crying in public. Like feeling like, oh my gosh, like people are looking at me, they're going to know I'm emotional. Like what? <laughs> right. And so to come to a point, especially I remember, and I'll just like, just leaning into story. I, during the pandemic, I mean, I was falling apart. My business was like, I wasn't allowed to operate my business. I was alone. I'm an extrovert. I love to be with people. Like there were so many things that were like forcing me to just feel, I think for a lot of us, forcing us to feel or go inside yep. or like look differently. Right. And it's like, yeah, that whole time in our lives really sucked a lot for a lot of us. But also I think it was really good for a lot of us because it forced us to look inside. Right. Yes. And for me, it was like, I got into the habit of crying. I got into the habit of releasing how frustrated I was. I got into the habit of like recognizing how I was feeling. I'd be like, oh, I feel sad today. But like, why? Like nothing's happened. And then I'm like, 
well, that might be why I'm sad. And then it just caused me to like go further down that line and keep crying and then sharing those tears with other yep. people being like, it's, there's nothing wrong with crying. Right. Yeah. So it's like, but through that experience and through not only me experiencing it and feeling through it, but then also sharing those feelings with others. And then when people would see me cry and I'd be in their company, they would be like, Oh my gosh, are you trying to save you? Right. Yep. Yep. I'd say, you don't need to save me. These tears are for me to release. Yes. And if you're not feeling feelings and if you're not releasing in the way that feels right for you to release, yeah. then you're still holding on to all that stuff. Yes. You're not here to save me. Yes. I'm here to save me. Well, and I would say you don't need saving. Fair, oh, fair enough. Good. Absolutely. Thank you for catching that language. But it's like... Because we do think that we need saving. Right. And whether someone saves you or you save you, you're not failing and you're not dying. You're, you don't need saving. You're exactly... You're exactly in the moment as yeah. you need to be. Yeah, that's true. So uh, when we're struggling, yes, because we're caught in a wave, like, and we're being tossed around. That's what else you're supposed to be in a perfect form all the time. No, no, because sometimes we're in the we're in the froth mm. and we're being rolled around. Like we we have to, you know, like it says, go with the flow. Sometimes the the water's smooth and sometimes it's choppy, you know. And we just have to allow. You, the, the whole shame portion, you know, is really important to me because especially in the first book, that because she's a small child, we follow Athena from the age of three till 18. Mm. And I say to people, why shake what you're talking about? It's just shake your shame. You have to step into your light. You've got to hold and heal your inner child. Articulate what it is that you're ashamed of. This is especially hard to say it out loud to yourself in the mirror on your own. Okay, you don't got to say it to anybody, but say it out loud <laughs> you will see where you are blocked. You will see what is it to you if you just say it out loud. It, you'll you'll start to see. Now you as an adult looking at your little self saying what you're ashamed of, have your adult self reassure your reflection. You are loved. You're mm. safe. Mm -hmm. You're with me now. You're fine. You know, keep judgment away. Okay, there is no right or wrong. It's not good or bad. Mm, it's there's just not way. one way. No, like, it's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah. However you are, you're the perfect you. Yeah. And embrace your experiences. Every experience. Every experience that led me to be where I'm sitting in the kitchen studio at the Sunshine Island. <laughs> I am so freaking grateful for it. Yeah. Because I feel peace. And what I always searched for was that true love happily ever after. I was after it. I mean it. Like the princess tale, I was all about it. I, my story was going to end like this. And when it didn't, I thought, well, this can't be love then. Because if love ends like this, this isn't it. And I just thought, there's got to be another in. Mm. And what it did left me alone, like burned to the ground, like to look inward and to say what's in there. And what I realized was it's not true love happily ever after it's one love peacefully ever after because the princess tale is a selective tale we watched on screens when the prince turned his nose up to the first 500 girls and we thought i thought well i look more like that one i'm goofy and like not graceful <laughs> you know and he doesn't want her i I'm a, i don't even look like this one how am i going to be the princess how am i going to be the one they pick mm. how am i going to be enough right where does that enough come from when I don't realize I am everything, I'm everything that made me. Mm. I am a perfect recipe of me. Mm -hmm. There is not too much or too little. It is by design, this vessel. And that is the only border that I see in the world that's valid. Mm. The border that surrounds this body is the one I honor. 
And if everyone honored that in others, never to cross that border without your permission, because it houses your divine light. You are the the ruler, the empress, the you know the the sovereign of this space, and you are a universe unto yourself. You are not uh, in a group with anyone else. You are not, you know. And I can't punch this, kick this, take from it. I can't rape you. I can't kill you. I honor this border. Mm. Then imagine the world, how we would roam free, mm-hmm. how we could have words, but never fear that you know you you would be removed from your vessel, controlled, subjugated, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. punished in ways just for having opinions or stories or thoughts. How how freeing that would be. Mm. And I would like put that out to the world, like in this podcast, because I think that's a lovely thought. You know, mm-hmm. and I and I think that that vessel that houses you, as I look at you, and I think what a gorgeous being you are. And this is is, is so divine. This recipe, there's never been another you, and your light filtering through you is creating this gorgeous connection, this energy, and it's it's if everyone could see this Hmm. if you could see this that's what I always think to people when they look down at themselves and they say oh I hate this I don't like this I wish I wasn't this and I'm like you you don't realize your your vessel it's not for measuring and criticizing and comparing it's for being you have your five senses it's absolutely magical you're in a realm where you can eat and breathe and touch and smell and taste and I mean, when we fly out of these little suits we call bodies, (laughs) we won't have that ability anymore. And we're here and we have an abundance of of just everything to tantalize us with and we decide to hate on it. Mm. And that is truly the the definition of madness. (laughs) And yet I lived like that most times Mm -hmm. because that princess tale led me down that path until I realized that one love is for everyone. One love is when I choose me and this light because that light is your light. Mm. And I am you and you are me. And when I see this, I see you. And when I love myself and love is unconditional acceptance, I accept you unconditionally as you are without judgment. Mm -hmm. And so it's, and you're safe. Mm-hmm. And and this is the beauty of love, that that it goes with me. Mm-hmm. I don't earn it. I don't I don't um, receive it in the way that it's parceled out like an exchange. I simply am, and I'm with you. And in your presence, that love is amplified. And this is like such a gorgeous experience of being here. <laughs> this has been a really amazing conversation. Thank you for sharing. Yes you know, your heart with us, your, some of your experience with us and for bringing me your book, which I can't wait to read. I haven't even obviously read it yet. We've just been introduced more recently. And I just, I'm so honored that your energy drew you to connect and it, you know, you were drawn to being here in this kitchen around Sunshine Island to have this conversation. And, you know, I just, I want to share with anybody who's listening like this, this, 
idea of like leaning into more of who we are, this idea of, you know, creating self-love for ourselves and going down that path, it, it might be a fairly long one. It's going to start with small little things, you know, and it's like, I think it's easy for us that when, maybe not, I, that's a wrong word, when it, when, when we have come to this point and you and I can have this conversation, we can share what it feels like to be, you know, a, a more healed version of ourselves and a, and a version of ourselves that we love more. And we still fight the demons, right? We still fight those little voices in our heads. We still fight all of that stuff. It doesn't fully go away. It's not like we're sitting here saying, you know, just love yourself and you're never going to have those thoughts again. Those thoughts have been in your mind and in your body for your entire life. <laughs> yes. They're always going to be there to some extent, I believe. We're always going to have those things that trigger us, those things that remind us that we have a little bit more work to do. But it's reminding us to keep coming home to ourselves. And when we stop and we just start taking care of us, it's like these little little dribs and drabs of like, oh, I can change that. Or, oh, oh no, you know what? I'm not going to go to that event because I actually don't really feel like it. And I, I, I just... I'm feeling like I should stay home tonight, listening and honoring that. You know, it's like just following the little signals and the little hints inside of you that are going to draw you to the right things. And they're going to draw you to the right people. They're going to draw you to the right conversations. They're going to maybe introduce you to this conversation on this podcast, right? Like all these little nudges that like, that's your intuition. That's what we were born with. That's what was sort of like you know, um, pushed out of us from a really young age, taught to us to not listen to, but to listen to me instead, right? It's like, um, we, when we start to listen to those little nudges, we start to make our way on our journey and all of our journeys look a little bit different, right? I mean, maybe a lot different. Everyone's at a different place. Right. And the thing is, there is no right or wrong way to do it. There is no one way or another. It's like, you know, what drives me crazy is people are like, follow these 10 steps to, no, there are no fucking steps. Okay. You just gotta, (laughs) you just gotta follow what's in you and trust yourself. Right. Yes, you know. Right. You know. Right. And and you just become like you. Yeah. It, and I think that a lot of it is to lose judgment on yourself, mm. to just start accepting and to practice acceptance, to really listen closely to your inner voice, who's who's probably a critic because you adopted it from someone who's had a lot to say to you. Mm. And to to change that discussion to being one of support and love Mm -hmm. that if you wouldn't speak those words out loud to your child or to your bestie then you don't talk like that to you either right and you just and then you learn and really and truly the last page of it is probably going to be forgiveness because where you come to the understanding that you actually are the power and you had the power to leave you had the power to change the channel all along you had the power to just have fun but Mm -hmm. you didn't know Mm -hmm. that then you say you know what I'm sorry and doesn't accept that because that's loving Mm. and that's being love and and what I think you know I mean what we came to do and to enjoy this experience and to light one another up is to is to say that there there is no end. We're, we're just going through. It's like a merry-go-round. I mean, we're, we're on one circuit here and, and then we're going to get off. You know, the ride stops, we get off. And we, we're not, there's not like a destination like, oh, I've arrived and now I'm done. Right. But that's what, we, that's what we believe. We, we're led to believe that. We're led to believe, oh, yes. I'm going to achieve this thing yeah, and, and it'll then be it'll, be, I'll be, it'll be great. So I'm going to get that relationship right. or I'm going to have those kids or I'm going to get that job or I'm going to, you know. I think that that's, you know, what's, that's the sort of, what disheartens a lot of people is when they do get there, they find it's empty. 
Mm. It wasn't what was promised. Right. And it's sort of like, well, and it's not because there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. You you don't need to earn it or prove it. You just need to be. You were everything the day, the day you landed. You were mm. everything and are everything. Yeah. And you couldn't be less if you tried. Yeah. I mean, you might believe it. Like your story is this, you know, in your mind playing like a broken record that you're a loser and you're not enough and all this. That's just what you're believing. Like it's like a, like a brainwashing lie. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can see that in people and they're suffering as a result of it simply because I've walked that path. I understand. Mm. And my heart goes out to any human walking that path because we suffer there. Mm. And that's the purpose of my journey now is simply to advocate for love, which is what we are. Mm-hmm. And to say, wake up, let's dance, let's <laughs> sing, let's love, you know, let's be. Yeah. And, like, uh, yeah, be like joy, be love. Yeah. And have some fun and just, you know, embrace the fact that we're only here for a short period yep. of time. Right. And, and when is it going to be for us? It's now. And that's what I say. Like the time is now. Yeah. And, and it's our time. Mm. And I celebrate everybody and everything. And I tell everybody this, just everyone's mantra should be all is well, because it is. Love is coming to get us, whether we want to go from here or not. We're all going home together and, and love conquers all. Mm. Mm. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Sonia. If people want to find you, uh, find your books, find yes. you and follow along and, and connect in any way, how would they find you and where should so they go? So I have a website, soniapalik.com. Uh, my books are just started kind of populating bookstores at Indigo in London, um, Masonville. They are for sale on Amazon. One, two, and three are available. Four will be listed shortly. And uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram, Sonia Palak, uh, Facebook, and TikTok. <laughs> And that's, I, you know, shout out to anybody who follows me. And I love hearing from readers. I love getting feedback. Pe- readers have so much, I want to use the word obsession, but like uh, questions, you know, any book club that wants to, you know, take up my book, um, please contact me. And I would love to populate, you know, 10, 20, 30 people with this book. And uh, because there's so much to unpack, there's so much to discuss about us um it's just riveting really all of it and mm. uh yeah people are right into it and I feel the momentum of it I feel people you know really getting into it and I'm excited awesome and you're you're showing them by leaning into yourself you know it's like again coming back to you when we shine the light on ourselves and we show up for ourselves and we love on ourselves we start to light this path around us and love just continues to go, right? It's like we attract more of it. We attract more good. We start to see more good, like all the things, right? And um, and yeah, it allows you to put on some rose-colored glasses because that's really where we're meant to be, I believe. It's like- Yes, where where we put our energy is is where we put our attention. Yeah. And I would say, you know, to my team and to my patients, put your attention on love. Because if what you want to draw into your life is love and light, put your attention there. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are dark things happening in the world. But if you're, all your attention is going to despair and Armageddon, I mean, that's what is, is coming down the pipeline for you. And that's really how the energy works. And we've got, you can see this in the world, sort of this split, this dichotomy of things, this multiverse that's happening right now. And that's real. I mean, 
all the physicists and, and researchers and everybody's d talking about what's happening right now to the to the matter, to the physical realm of this energy, this matrix that mm -hmm. we live in. And it's like this manifestation that we're a holographic energetic representation of our thoughts. Put your attention on love, mm. on being Well, because love. look at the result of hate. Yes. War is the result of hate. Well, war is the result of fear. Well, which is also yes. connected to hate, I just right? Think, I feel like hate gets this bad rap. Like it's it like that's there's this you know hate is the source. Fear and suffering is is so much more of it. Like I feel like, and that gives us compassion towards people. Mm. It's easy to hate the haters, but it's sort of like, do people really hate? There, well, but there I think might that's be again that. those few, but most people are in fear. Yeah, but I think that the people connect more with the that word that hate yes. like they don't understand that they're in fear yes. so they connect with the word hate which is likely why that word came through me yes it's like we connect with the word hate we don't realize that it's fear because you know we talk about this all, all the time in my joy project community it's like what does fear show up like it doesn't mean i'm like ah, i'm scared like it doesn't yes. always mean that it yeah. shows up in a variety of ways it yeah. shows up in anxiety it shows up in aggression it shows up in you know all these different ways and um but like that word hate it's like it it that is what's showing up in the world it looks like hate yeah. that's how oh yeah the fear there's is showing a, up there's a scene in the book where my mother says to Athena like the mama says to Athena don't you, you don't hate anything you know because it takes your energy to hate and just tells it tells it to her you know because when we do that it does put our attention our energy goes to that vibe mm -hmm. and um that's why I say like it's very important that people are aware of where their thoughts are and where their attention is focused. And when you are in the present moment, on your breathing, on your connection, on your body, on your wellness, on your heart, on your light, on your inner voice, on you, this isn't selfish. It's, it's a way of being that will create harmony and peace in the world. So if what we want is peace and harmony in the world, we must be the change. Be the peace and harmony. Be the change. <laughs> Those are wise words spoken yeah. by, you know, Gandhi. Yeah. I mean, so we, that you know, those are the, the beacons that we follow. Mm. Yeah, it's so true. Well, I know that you and I could probably sit here and chat all day. Eight hours later. <laughs> Uh, so we'll have to have you back another time yes. uh, in the future. And I can't wait to read your book. And I hope that our listeners will consider picking it up. I hope the whole world does. And uh, of course, I will put all the information on how to find Sonia in the show notes. So you can go and check her out and uh, get connected with her in whatever way uh, you feel drawn to. And otherwise, I just want to, first of all, thank listeners for sitting and absorbing this conversation and putting your heart into it. Hey, whatever you picked up for you in this moment, that was for you. And whatever you want to leave, that's okay to leave right? You're on your own journey. You got to pick up what's right for you and leave what's leave behind what's not. Um, but there's lots of good happening here. There's lots of great following you. Uh, Sonia, I can't wait to see what comes of all of this. And uh, thank you for showing true leadership. You know, it's like a leader to me is somebody who doesn't try to show up like that. It's like, we're just doing it because it's what's in us to do. We want to help others create something new or in this case, generate more love. So mm -hmm. I just love that for you. So thank you so much for being here and, and sharing your time with us. Thank you, Christine. And thanks to our listeners. I hope that you have an amazing day and that you let the love shine on. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'd like to invite you to hit the follow button on this podcast so you'll be notified when the next one drops. And if you liked this episode, please leave a review as it will help others to find this message. 
can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at It's Me Christine D. Or if you'd like to connect about being a guest on the show, ask me about group or one-on-one joy and mindset coaching, learn more about the Joy Project community, or consider hiring me for your next speaking engagement, please visit itsmechristined.ca. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time.